welcome to the Pitbull Patty Show. I'm your host, Patty Stuckler. We're keeping it real here with straight talk and sharing true stories that will inspire you to change your life. Are you ready for this? Because here we go. My guest today is a Southern humorist who focuses on self-improvement, and her motivational speeches really make people laugh, but they also give really great life lessons. In addition to being a certified professional speaker, my guest is also a professional singer and an author. She recently gave a speech to a bunch of women in real estate, and it was called Don't Throw Tomatoes at My Field of Dreams. So I thought it'd be a lot of fun to have her on. Uh, welcome, Jane Jenkins Herlong. Welcome, Jane. Thank you, Patty. This is too fun. I'm so glad we connected. <laughs> I know. It took a while, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Well, see, I'm from such a small town. I mean, we have one, well, two lights when they work, and this is so weird. <laughs> two my lights hus- when they work. Yeah. My husband is a New York life agent, and <laughs> this whole area is shared with the funeral home. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I call it I call it New York life or death. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. People are just dying to get in there, huh? <laughs> yeah, dying to get life insurance. <laughs> oh my it's like one stop shopping. <laughs> That's right. Then you can go to Betty and pick out your casket. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell me about now. I know you were um, Miss South Carolina, right? In in I the was. Miss- Miss America pageant. So so, tell me about that. I'm just, you know, really curious about that. When was that? The the weird thing is it was, I always say it was in 19. (laughs) 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 So um, I have to bring up that chat light a little more (laughs) the older it gets, but it was, um, it was 1980. It was a great experience for me because I came from a background of Um, being reared on a farm. My daddy was a 10th grade educated farmer. We lived in a tenant house. So I just was a big dreamer. And uh, I felt like that there's something that I knew I could become, but I wasn't. And I was a tomboy. I was put in the section where you need academic help, which was the C section. And I just started to dream big. I guess my imagination grew. And uh, I just decided to step out, and Miss America taught me a lot because it's based on four principles. And I've used all those principles in my life to speak with women's groups, and women in agriculture was a great group of women. I just loved them. And, I, you know, if before I began, Patty, I said, y'all pull out your cell phones and make some sales because that's what it's all about, making sales. But Miss America taught me about the art of communication, which is very important in life and success. Taught me about, and I, I call it, you know, that Miss America used to call it swimsuit, but that's just your lifestyle and your fitness because you've got to feel good in order to have the energy to get up and make the phone calls and, and represent your clients, as you know. Mm-hmm. Then there's a, there's a branding part of that about the person you are. And, and I would hope everybody who's listening after their name is that comma, that imaginary comma, and I hope it's positive. you got to have a good comma. That would be your branding statement. And then your talent. I think it's important to develop talents. And it doesn't matter that it's not like a Broadway singing career or anything huge like that. You can be just awesome at making the best cupcakes 
and you can take those to your clients. And that's just a talent within what you do. It's important to do that. So I take all those, wad them up, and present them in my presentations. So when you talk to women in sales uh, or any other group, but like the women uh, that you presented to the real estate agents just recently, so is the main focus that you teach women about like really when you're talking about the comma uh, after you mean, you mean like your titles, how you feel about yourself or what you're doing? What, what do you mean exactly? It's more important to have a, a comma with character traits behind it. Like, wow, Patty's great. She always makes sure everybody feels comfortable. Now, that would be a comma comment. And everybody should have something positive and be proud of that comma. You don't want comma, uh, what a pitiful salesperson, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you don't want that comma. They never follow through. They drop the ball. Yeah. Or comma that, you know, begins with a B. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's right. You don't want that comma. No, you don't want that comma. But ironically, some people like that comma. It might stand for bulldog, you know? Well, that's true. I like the P for pit bull. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, it's definitely... Um, I would call you, know, you a velvet pit bull, though. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, because I think you're, you're feminine and you're beautiful and you have a special touch. <laughs> I'd have yeah. to velvet it up. Well, it's so funny because actually um, the, the whole thing with the pit bull, I, I, I know I've said this before on, on my podcast that, you know, it, it wasn't something that I came up with. My clients came up with it over the years. And at first I really was kind of insulted by it. I really thought, well, I'm not, I'm nice, you know, like <laughs> I'm motherly. I'm, I'm actually really sweet. That's how I saw myself. And actually, you know, it, it reminds me of a funny story. I went to this conference. It was a real estate conference of Richard Robbins. This was probably 10, 12 years ago. And it was such an aha moment for me. And I don't think I've ever shared this story. But I went to this conference and in the conference, it had a, a, a workshop where you listen to this guy and he talked about personality types. And, and before that time, might have been more than 12 years ago, before that time, I hadn't really heard much or learned much about personality types and ter- personality assessments. But I went to this conference and this guy went on this whole thing about like, he broke it down into four distinct personality types. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. And so and I'm sure you could take any like the DISC, D-I-S-C or any of the other personality types and boil it down to say four main groups. So to make a long story short, I came out thinking I was the warm and fuzzy, you know, blue ocean is what it was called. And so I, so I came home and I'm all excited telling my husband and my kids and, you know, about, oh, I'm a blue ocean. And they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, that is not you, mom. And it was like, what do you mean? They're like, no, you're like a green planet. You know, you're, you're, you know, and they, so it was one of the other personality types that was much more uh, aggressive, tougher, whatever. And, you know, so it was a real aha moment. Like, wow, I had oh, no sure. idea how other people saw me until, right. including my family. Until, because I saw myself as I'm a really sweet mom. I'm a li- very loving mom. Obviously, I'm, I can be a tough mom. And so yeah. I just didn't see that because I have those other parts of me that how, so is that sign when you talk about like that part of your motivational talk is that part of what you mean about the comma that how you see yourself versus maybe um you know you're uh, apart from your titles your work your awards your miss south carolina kind of thing 
Yeah, I mean, that, that would be definitely part of it. But more importantly, how other people, like you said, you just said, but your children said, oh, no, mom, you're more this, you're more that. And, but it was, it's all, you know, it's all good. I mean, and, and those personality traits, you can be like um, sanguine and have uh, the choleric or whatever caloric, haven't looked at it in so long. You can have both of those in different in, in different phases in your life. Like a lot of the times um, they'll use like uh, sitcoms like Friends or you were George or you were um, Elaine or you are, you know, so sometimes we have a blend, which is good. You know, yeah. which is really good. And so I think mostly when people talk about me or you, we all in our mind, we want to hear something that is good, that helps us proceed in our careers that people can say, oh, you need to work with so-and-so. They are great. They are, and I have a cousin who is, she was number one. Um, and she's fantastic. Gail is her name. And before I went to the real estate conference, I just, you know, I always want to connect with my audience. And I interviewed her and, and for your listeners who are into real estate. And I said, Gail, give me three things. Give me three bullets. She said, the first thing is when you do not make a sale, get back up and get out. And that was the very first piece of advice given to her by a wonderful female realtor. And back then, when Gail started out, because Gail was probably in her 60s, there was no such thing hardly as those women, the real estate women. It, was, you know, it didn't exist like it does now, thank goodness it does. Mm -hmm. But Gail said, get up. She said, get out and beat the street. Just beat the street. And don't let that pull you down. The second thing she said is, get along with the people in your office. They are important for you to work as a team. You have to work with your office. Get along. And the last thing she said was listen. Listen carefully to what your clients want. Now, I know that's simple. But, you know, that is totally profound. You could take those three mm -hmm. bullets and I could be talking to the South Carolina Heifer Association. <laughs> you know, get along with your heifers. And I could be talking to anybody in using those three things that Gail shared with me. But Gail was, is very passionate about what she does and she delivers. And that's what people love about Gail. She doesn't give up. She well, delivers. I think that's, that's just such a good point because when you think about sales, sales in particular, whether you're talking about real estate sales, which by the way, thankfully that's changed since Gail got in. You know, women were probably a very small minority of, of sales reps in any industry, let alone real estate. But today, in fact, I, would, I don't know off the top of my head what the stats are, but I would think that there are more women in real estate today than men. Uh, it yeah. seems to be a much more uh, female-dominated uh, industry. I feel like sometimes women can, um, more than men perhaps, get a little too tied into like if someone rejects you, how that mm -hmm. feels that women, more than men, men can be a little more kind of uh, not uh, take it to heart as much from what I can tell with a lot of women, they'll see that as a rejection if they don't get a sale. Or something blows up, and then the, the the you know the client blames you as their realtor just because you're on the front lines, and they got to project it somewhere, you know that that frustration somewhere. But I learned long ago, you know, there was a TV show. I don't know if you ever saw it. This was a long time ago, like, and it was called Next, I think, and it was this dating thing where you could like get off the bus. I don't remember all the details, but you could like get off the bus, and then you had like you could see the person, and then 
you could either go on the date like right then and there or wherever it would be, or you could say next. <laughs> like it was just like brutal. It's like so cruel, really. But yeah. that's how I feel about sometimes when it comes to real estate sales, that it's that if if it if for some reason, you know, you have a client that's extremely difficult and you're doing everything but dancing on the roof to make mm-hmm. things work out and you're doing the best everything you can, at some point sometimes there are a few clients where you just say, Next, I I'm Oh done. totally. Yeah. In fact that's funny that you say that because I have a, a one of my best friends growing up, she was in high dollar real estate at Kiowa Island down in South Carolina. And she would call me and say, you know what? I've got to give this to somebody else. I cannot seem to please this client. And it's, it's getting to be a problem. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it would be a great sale. She would get some kind of commission, you know, a split commission or a percentage or whatever. But she had to give it up. And listen, I've seen my husband and I've seen him ask people about now, well, let's talk about some insurance and what do you want to do for your family? And they say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't care about them. And he just said, well, I'm not the person that you need to be working with because I do think it's important to care about your family and what you leave them. And um, he's done that. And I think that's very principled. Mm-hmm. I think it's very honest and I think it's hard and I think more people should really look into saying, like when people call me and say, do you do, and here I am in my pajamas and it's three o'clock, right? <laughs> and they say, can you do a session on time management? I go, and no, <laughs> not at all. So I think you need to be honest about what you know you can deliver. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you'll get a lot more respect. I think it'll come back to reward you. I really do. And, and I think... If nothing else, it's it's actually what's right for you. Whether you get rewarded monetarily in any way or not, I think for your own uh, level of stress management and mm-hmm. self-worth and confidence about yourself, you need to know what your own parameters are, that, that you have limits of what you will, you know, like when you will answer the phone. Like, don't call me at midnight. I'm not going to answer. You know what I mean? Right. I, I even tell people... Don't call me on Sunday because I'm I'm not a I'm not a doctor and and, and nobody's gonna die and if you're bleeding call nine one one don't call your realtor. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. I always say you're you know nobody is worth getting a divorce over or, or, or not going to church for you know what I mean I, I go to I go to mass with my eighty some year old mother on Sundays and and I have family time that's not work related on Sunday now I have a few exceptions on occasion. But as a general rule, I block off Sundays because if you work six days a week already, long hours, you don't need to work seven days a week and have no life and be miserable. So you got to have your boundaries. And then there will come a time, like I, my mother is no longer above ground, but I have great memories of being with her and traveling with her and going to church with her. And my children are grown and um, I have, we know we're tight. And I and I'm I'm thankful. It's because I did. I mean, as a professional humorist and speaker, I really. This sounds so crazy, but it rewarded me. I really prayed that I would not get so consumed with this business that I lost sight of my purpose as a good wife and mother. And you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Women have got to set those boundaries. And I think part of feeling you were talking about feeling a heaviness or being so down when you don't get the sale. Part of that is your, I call it the good, bad, because apparently you're sensitive. Women have a sensitivity and I think it's a gift. 
and women do well in sales but at the same token the flip side of that sensitivity is feeling rejected that's when that sensitivity can be the bad whereas the good would be you know I'm just sensing that this is not the right place for you or this is not the right speech for me or not th the right thing to do and that's a beautiful gift but it can slingshot back to you sometimes and make you feel unworthy Absolutely. In fact, sometimes I know for myself, I can be so determined to succeed. Like when I take, say, a listing, I, as a realtor, I take it on as a personal mission to sell that house. And, and it, uh -huh. it bugs me if, if for some reason I can't get it sold. And it's usually, it's, it's the price. If the seller has a set price where they just won't come below it, so in some cases they just can't because they bought at peak of the market and don't have the equity and don't want a short sale or whatever the situation may be. But it really, I do take it personally as a mission. And I, sometimes I have to back off even eventually because sometimes there's a seller who I've worked with in the past, um, you know, one I worked with a few years ago that I just, the listing, I took it for too long and I, and they wouldn't come down and the market, I always say the market will speak. You may not want to hear what it has to say, but it's going to speak to you. It speaks mm -hmm. to all of us. And that's true for my house, your house, your neighbor's house. I say that all the time because it's like people want to say, well, I want this or I have this into it. The market doesn't care what you have into your house. Period. Mm -hmm. End of story. They could care less. They don't care that you put $10,000 in your patio and this and that. It doesn't mean you're going to get it back out. You just have to say, okay, this is where the, the, the value is today, this, at this moment in time. And it's like I'll be sometimes so stubborn that I won't mm -hmm. let it go. And the one I'm thinking of a couple years ago, I had it for a long time and it just, it was grueling. I just put so many hours into it, so mm -hmm. much money advertising it and doing all of the professional videography, photography, drone, you name it, open house after open house. And then, you know, at the end of the day, they just would not budge on their, on their price and they did have the equity in it. They just had an artificial number in mind that they just, it's like it was tied to who they were. And I finally had to say kind of what you were saying, Gail said, you know what? I realize it's, it's time to move on and you know, it's just not a good fit anymore. It's, it's just not a good fit for me. I think, you know, it's time for you to find someone else. And, and that's, and we ended the, the, you know, the client, uh, you know, realtor relationship. And sometimes you just have to know when to let go. <laughs> I, think. I think that's very wise. I mean, you're talking about that tomato speech, one of the third bullets. And I do play off the fact that I picked tomatoes from my daddy's farm to try to help him help me go to college. And the very last principle, because I only can think in threes, that's the way my head works. And is sometimes you have to know, like my daddy, when to plow up that crop or when to plow through with the same crop same thing that you're talking about when do you plow up and start over or when do you plow through and that takes wisdom and it takes someone who has been in the business long enough to know when the red flags and the pink flags go off which you did which is smart well it's it's one of those uh and i think this is true for sales in general not just real estate i think it's true if you sell insurance or you sell um you know caskets heavy equipment whatever it may be I, I think it's true in sales in general it's it it can look easy uh, especially real estate a lot of people think oh I'd like to do that 
And, and it's not that there aren't moments of time, especially when you've been in it for a while and you really know your stuff. It, it can be, that can, makes it easier and easier to do your job and do it well and, and have, you know, problem solve. But at the same time, it's one of those things, you know, it looks easy, but it's really, it's, you're dealing with so many different people so, and, and you're dealing with a lot of emotional people. They're moving. So it's, it can be very tough uh, as far as a business goes, but you can't, you just kind of got, kind of got to separate yourself from it. Sometimes. No, oh, yeah, I think so. And I think people respect the fact that I always say when I, when I see the word no, I think next. It gives me permission. It gives you permission to go to the next project. And that is absolutely, I think that's when wisdom, because you can beat something to death and, <laughs> yeah. and beat yourself up and beat up the relationship and it's a total nightmare. And you start hating what you're doing. You don't bounce out of bed on Monday. You can't wait till Friday. Uh, I mean, if I ever get like that, it's going to be a sad day. But I try to keep myself relevant. I try to keep myself engaged you well, know, within your profession. Well, and that's so true. I mean, you do, you do have uh, this amazing opportunity in, in sales, in real estate, to meet so many different people. I, that's what I probably love most about it, is that I get to meet so many different people and really get to know them, like, like you're talking about your friend. You really get to know them as friends. You get to know them as people. And even if, even if you don't see them, you, know, you, you experience something with them. I mean, they're going through a lot when they're selling their house or when they're buying a house, they're, they're doing a lot of stuff. So they really rely on you as, as the real estate agent to really be there for them, kind of hold their hand, walk them through it, kind of keep them calm, you know, and hopefully, you know, having, you know, having a little bit of fun along the way too. But you know, that is, that's like you said, that's, that's kind of an art that, you know, part of it is maybe experience, but part of it is probably personality, you know, like your friends you've described, you know, and women in general, I think have a, a really good knack for, you know, for, for being empathetic. But well, how women, do you, women buy from women, you know, women love to, they feel, tr they feel like they can trust them. My daughter just um, went to grad school, went to college, all that. And she just came on board with my husband and um, with financial services and helping folks. And, and I told her, I said, it's a ministry in what you're doing. You're helping people take care of their money so they can enjoy retirement or they can make plans for the future. And uh, I, I told her, I said, you would not believe the women that are in sales. And when we go to these big New York Life um, Council meetings and stuff, the women that are just flooding into the business, because women like to talk and buy from women. Mm -hmm. What do you find as, as a motivational speaker, the biggest challenges that women face when it comes to um, just staying up? If, if you're in sales or just in general even, what, you know, what are the biggest challenges that, that you kind of talk to women about? I, I think exactly what you said, Patty. They let negative things define them, and they have a hard time breaking through that glass, the next layer, and getting down to what is it that's keeping me down? You know, what is that thing? And you've got to figure it out and break through that and be brave. I mean, have courage. It, it takes courage to do what you do. It takes courage because that's a high place where you can be rejected a lot. And like with my daughter, I said, just keep putting one foot in front of the other, in front of the other. That's one thing I see. The second thing I see is so many women resist keeping up with technology. 
And that is sad. They just want to stay with the same old phone. They want to stay with the same old programs. <laughs> the flip I phone. Mean, I, the flip phone, but, you know, th- hopefully not a jitterbug because you could never get anything <laughs> oh done with that. But, I mean, be brave and, and, and stretch your mind and learn different techniques. And I remember, this is, this is a really good point, and this was years ago. I have a friend that's in the multimedia business. And he told me, now this is right when an iPad was coming out. And that was, a, that was a while ago. And he said he was so mad because he's with these geeky guys that are <laughs> into audio. And he went in there with his spreadsheet. Honey, he had it all done. He even went to Office Max or someplace like that, Home Depot, and got a little trim on it. And he had all of his stuff. And he said, don't you know, here are these little kids with their iPad. And they had all these fabulous sets, visuals. And who got the job? He didn't. But I can tell you what he did. He went straight to one of the providers and bought an iPad because he knew he was competing against visual and he had to learn it. And I mean, that's really a story we can all identify with as technology changes so rapidly, the things that we can do. I mean, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen this, and the only reason I don't have this is because you need an app on your phone, but it's, it's a card, and I wish I could remember the name of the company. I was in this little store just down the road, and this friend of mine said, oh, you've got to see these cards. So you put your phone up, and you have to download the app, which a lot of people don't like doing because it eats up the memory in your phone, and you put the card up, and you tap on it, and the card comes to life, and it's just sitting there, and it's, it's just still when you see it visually, but on your phone, it'd be like for you, hi, I'm Pitbull Patty, let's get you a house of your dreams, <laughs> and that's it, it's five seconds, and you, it has a link that you click on your phone, and it takes you to all these homes, and, and this was actually a, a gimmick for bridesmaids, I mean, you could do anything. <laughs> But you click it and it says, would you be my bridesmaid? You know, or it could be anything. But see, that's pretty clever that you can just, there's just one more thing you can do to stand out and say, wow, look at this thing. Look at this little animated card. So it's just stuff like that that intrigued me. But a lot of people don't like to look into it. They get comfortable. I say they have, they have one year of experience 10 times. And they think those old ways are going to work. But here's the sad but true fact. Those clients that you build your client base, I build my client base, they're going to go away eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to be there. So we need to keep attracting new clients for what we do. And a lot of that is dealing with, I don't think phone calls ever go away. I think people love personal touches. When, when I, like, like I had a group, this is a whole nother thing, but it's yet it's the same kind of principle. I had a, a group from a company go out to, we have a home in Charleston that we rent on, on this vacation renter place. And they had a ball and thanked me. Well, I just got off the phone and we live in the peach capital of the world. So I sent them a box of peaches and thank you. I didn't tell her that I'm sending her a gift. But it doesn't have to be anything huge. It's just a little $18 box of peaches thanking them for renting our home. Totally Mm -hmm. unexpected. People love that kind of stuff. When I have my clients, and I know you do this too, that um, I was speaking in Oklahoma, sat down with this guy, nicest meeting planner, and I just said, tell me about you. And like what Gail said, listen, listen. And he said, my favorite thing to do is to sit with my grandchildren and read Bible stories. 
Well, I couldn't wait to get home to find a great hardcover Bible story book, and I just mailed it to him, and it just, he just flipped out, and I didn't tell him. It's just that element of surprise. I didn't send him a, um, a knife with my name on it or a pen with my company logo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I sent him a book. I signed it. And I didn't even tell him. And it was a wow moment for him. And it was a wow moment for me because I like Cody. I like the fact he reads little stories to his kids. I like that. So anything like that, you know, Patty, that endears you to people. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we, my team and I, we send brownies, uh, things like yeah. that. And we do these cards that are personalized and they, we will, we will oftentimes take photos from their our clients Facebook page so that then we personalize the card with their photo or their seminar dog and exactly exactly they send out cards yeah because people love that and their brownies are actually really good so (laughs) they have like these chocolate brownies that are great so we do that and I think you're right with technology I think that a lot of especially especially the older you are the more the like the baby boomers uh you know just absolutely as a as a generation um are are more not not all that's for sure I mean that that runs the gamut some I I know lots of people um you know it's one of those things that some people really embrace it heck I got my first computer in 1990 yeah. That was a long time ago. It was a 386. If you remember what that is, there was a 286 was the first one I think I ever heard of, but I had a 386 and it, and I remember being so excited. Of course, I had the dial up, you know, making all the noise. Oh, yeah. AOL and, and with the modem. And then I can remember getting a, like a children's book on there because I had my daughter in 1990 and the book you could like turn the page but it took like, I mean, you could go eat a sandwich and come back by the time it would turn the page. <laughs> it was like so slow. But I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I thought, oh, wow, this sure. is so awesome. Look at this. this oh, is yeah. So cool. And it's like, you know, and then, of course, that was, you know, 28 years ago now. I mean, now. Well, now so you and I have daughters this exact same age <laughs> because um, I got my, you know, we got our first computer in the 80s. My husband and I did because he had a ministry for farmers before he transitioned into financial services. So we had this massive hunk of metal and it was like 25 grand. I mean, and somebody <laughs> yeah. donated it to the ministry. You know, it was it was tremendous. I mean, I was getting this new phone yesterday and the poor little guy looked at me you know he's, oh this is easy you just transfer it through app blah blah and I said let me tell you something sweetheart I've got a bag phone okay <laughs> bag phone. oh that's right I remember I had yeah. one in the 90s yeah yeah I said I got me a bag phone honey, and it's older than you and I said don't tell me this is simple so I spent two and a half hours transferring data today somebody help me you know and I'm not stupid but again that's the point you see you have to be relentless you have to say, I am going to master this. You I mean, do. You, I, you're just going to tell. And, and it, it's good. You know, I don't sit around and play crossword puzzles. I just do. I just figure it out. I mean, I go and make graphics from Canva and post them. And I took a picture of my cat today with her little rhinestone collar. You saw my kitty. <laughs> I did. And, and I put her by some flip-flops because my books are per- you know, bury me with my pearls, rhinestones on my flip-flops. I have all that stuff. So, I mean, I just kept, I keep thinking of creative ways to reach out to people and, and not to say, woo, woo, look at me. But we are in the problem-solving business. You are in the dream-building business, the dream-house-building business. And that's what you have to answer, is how can I make you happy in your new home? 
which is yeah. a, which one of the one of the greatest investments, um, the greatest actually. And for most people, yeah, for most, most people, people it is. And I, I always say I like to help people move from one chapter in their life to another because sometimes it's not that they're, they're, they're into having a brand new home or something like that. They're really downsizing and moving to Florida they're, or they're, they're going to a retirement home. So they really are moving from one phase of their life to another. And so to make that transition as easy as possible for them is kind of how I see my mission. Uh, you know, it's, it's not even more, I guess, any more complicated than that. That's but, true. And I know my friends that her husband sadly has some memory loss, brilliant man. And she's just, you know, when they got to the doctor, it was just her whole world was suddenly flipped upside down about how this was just progressing so fast. And she called and she called me and was just so upset. And I, and this was a beautiful thing. And, and I said, call Gail, you know, go and Gail and my friend Penny, Penny called me back and she said, oh my gosh, she said, Gail sat down with me and just listened. And just and just talk me through it. And you know, she wasn't trying to make a sale. She was trying to help me realize maybe this isn't the time to move. Maybe we can work on it later. You call me down the road. And she's kept up with her and not to make a sale because she's heartbroken because this is someone that is hurting. Now that is a beautiful thing right there. Yeah, isn't that so sweet? And um, my friend called me. She was just a different person because Gail just gave her a, a, a roadmap and, and a place to start. And it was comforting having to take over all the family business and selling the house and cars and overwhelmed, you know, mm-hmm. so that was really neat. I appreciated hearing that about her. Yeah. Really connected. Sounds like she really connected with her, you she know, when, when people feel like you are listening and paying attention and connecting with them that, you know, that's half the time what they, all they really want. You know, and and you know. Gail said that to me before I spoke to the women in real estate. Well, I tell you what, I, I love your voice, by the way, because I love that Southern accent that you have. It's just, <laughs> it just seems like when you talk to somebody from the South, that they just, they seem nicer. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you know what? They, we just, I was a friend of mine that said, y'all are the nicest people in the country. You just don't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. funny. Well, we do say y'all in Southern Maryland. But uh, so we do, we do say that, uh, I guess we're south enough, but that works. Uh, yeah, but, but there's nothing like uh, the Southern accent, but uh, well, how can people find you, Jane? Cause you, I know you do so many different things. I know you've got, how many books do you have? I Two? have four. I have four. my second book actually was for um, breast cancer awareness. Cause my sister had breast cancer. She survived it, but she died of a heart problem. It was really sad after mm-hmm. my mother passed away just five months. But I have four books. One's uh, the first one's called Bare Feet to High Heels, and it's just my journey to the Miss America pageant and back. And it, it makes fun of pageants, but it's not all. It's all me, me, me. It's not about that. It's about those principles. I'm a humorist with life lessons. I love the self help. So um, then, um, bury me with my pearls. It's funny that did pretty well. And then <laughs> um, <laughs> rhinestones on my flip flops, which is a really good uh, contract with Hachette out of New York. So if you go to Jane Herlong, and that would be H E R L O N G dot com you can see all the youtube video stuff and links and whatnot and yeah i love to speak it's my passion because i think from a life's journey of the past i can move some of these issues especially for women and help women deal 
uh, with issues like I, I in my last book I talk about wow women women of wisdom see you need wows I do we need to hang out with those women goodness and then men need mo's men of wisdom we all and if we're gonna grow and and be better then we need to hang out with these folks. And um, my book is, is based on some iconic women and their flip-flops and then what we can learn from them and how we can sparkle and shine. So uh, that's the whole premise of the book. It's just, um, I think it's emotional issues women have that they absolutely need to handle. And I've done it in a kind of a clever way, I think. <laughs> absolutely. I think so too. And I think you're absolutely right. I think it's kind of all about women connecting with each other and supporting each other and kind of learning, uh, you know, sharing, sharing uh, our experiences and really growing. And men do the same thing. Uh, there's no question about that. You, you need that, I think. You need a network. Mm -hmm. you, need, you need a mastermind group. You need to sit down and say, okay, let's, let's get some ideas rolling here. What have you seen? Uh, what didn't work? What worked? And, and that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's tremendous. And it helps your learning curve. And even if you can have a retreat weekend, just a core group of women or people or just guys that can just sit down and share what's worked for them in, their, in the industries that they represent and in your industry. That's where you target. Love going to learning opportunities. Then you meet good people like I met you, Patty. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. You do meet some. Well, if you get yourself out of there, you got to get off the couch. You got to get out of your pajamas. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> got to get out of your pajamas, get out there <laughs> and meet people. And, and that's how you learn and grow. That's absolutely true. So, well, I just really uh, want to thank you so much, uh, Jane, for coming on. And oh, it's been fun. Well, I just really enjoy all your material. You just are such a fun lady. So thank you so much for coming on. And, thank uh, you. We will keep in touch. I promise <laughs> you that. And uh, um, continued success for you. Well, thank you so much. And you too, Jane. Well, thank this wraps honey. up uh, this episode of the Pitbull Patty Show, where we are keeping it real in real estate. So until next time. Thank you.